Hello, I'm Zara, a self-published author of young adult and new adult fiction, a publishing grad student at NYU and an aspiring literary agent. Hi, I'm Kelly, a genre hopping writer, domestic goddess, which is a fancy way of saying that I am a stay-at-home mom and wife, and I occasionally captain the Hot Mess Express. And this is Writish, the podcast by writers for writers, where we discuss craft and hot topics in the writing community. This season, we're also starting to get into some interviews with other writers and industry professionals, so we're very excited for that and hope you'll enjoy those episodes as much as we did recording them. I feel like our first point should be to recap because we have already talked about this, but before we dive into further points today covering revision, I would like to take a moment to remind everyone that revision is a learning and growing process that looks different for every writer. So don't rush in to tear yourself apart. Yes, like Kelly said, we have technically already covered the topic of revision in a episode back in season one. It was episode 10. But since revision means to see again, it only makes sense that we were going to revisit the topic again at some point, and we will probably do it again in the future. So without further ado, let's talk about what makes revision so intimidating. So if it is your first time finishing a novel, revision is scary because now you have, in theory, have to go through and fix all the messy bits that we love about the first draft. This is a scary endeavor for the majority of writers because it's hard to pinpoint down where exactly exactly to start in the revision process. And when you are uncertain where to start on a journey, it can be tempting never even to start. I think what can be scary before you even start it is that everyone always says revision is necessary, which I do agree with. And so that inherently means that something needs to be fixed. And you're thinking, oh no, like what's wrong with my manuscript? Like maybe you finished your draft and you know what's wrong with your manuscript. So you have an idea of what you want to do going forward. And that's fine. And it can still be intimidating because the amount, I'm not saying that's the whole manuscript. Don't misunderstand me. But I just mean that whatever your list of things that needs to get fixed, if you're just starting, obviously the whole list still exists on your to-do list. So that's intimidating. You should remember that it's normal (laughs) and it's okay to feel intimidated and you still have to do the thing. Yeah, you still got to do the damn thing, just like you did the damn thing with writing the draft, which kind of leads us into the next point here. What are some tips to utilize, you know, while drafting to make revision easier? So this is something personally in my early days of drafting a novel, I focused more on drafting it, finishing it, and setting it aside for a few months. If you're working on your first book, this is something I advise you to do. How long you set it down can vary. For me, I set a manuscript down for a minimum of three to four months, but the longer the better in my opinion. And if you want to start a new project, do so. Now, the little tidbit is when I had a project sitting on the shelf, I found it more motivating to start a new book or a new project that took me out of the shelved projects world. So when the time comes to reread that manuscript, it's with fresh eyes. Also, while drafting symbols of character, I had a few people read along while I drafted each chapter. Then from their feedback, I added in notes. But mind you, this novel isn't my first novel. I honestly, off the top of my head, cannot tell you what novel number this is writing for me. But it is not my first go around. So I can take feedback after each chapter 
And then I add notes to that chapter. So whenever I do go back in the first round of revising, I'll already have some trusty critique partner feedback and it's already specified in the breakdown of the novel. So I'll have a good place to start when revision comes. The last piece of advice I would have, and I have it written here in all caps, never throw out or delete anything. Okay. As someone who has done this, please, 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 please do not make the same mistake. I threw out months of rich world building and fun character design and loads of backstory all for the sake of it not being good enough. You as a writer are enough and you're valid and so is your work, even if you don't think so and you think it's terrible and it's bad and it's not worthy. Instead of throwing it all out, save it in a different folder because I had handwritten everything. I had maps drawn. I had character cards. I had scene cards. I had loads of things for this world that I was planning. And I threw it out because of imposter syndrome. And don't let that win or be a reason why you throw aside your work. Okay. Just put it on the shelf, leave it alone. And if you need another reminder on how to fight imposter syndrome, you can listen to how Kelly and I fight imposter syndrome by going all the way back to episode one of our show, Welcome to Writish. Yeah, a lot of what you said is kind of how I used to have my process. I used to write very, very slowly because I was overthinking like everything. I felt like it couldn't go on the page unless it was perfect. And if it went on the page and it wasn't perfect, I had to fix it until it was perfect before I can move on. NaNoWriMo has helped me get over that. Rapid writing, rapid editing, and rapid releasing the Stellar Blood trilogy one after another instead of having them all done before I started releasing them has taught me a new system that I really like. But going back to how my old system worked, I would write a draft, revise it based on all the problems that I thought it already had, send it out for feedback from beta readers, and then I would fix it again and then send it out edits or early reviews and then publish it. Now what I do is a chapter goes from my head to my fingers, to my keyboard, to my screen (laughs) in Scrivener. And then when it's done, I save, I back it up, and then I send it to my alpha readers chapter by chapter because that's what I wound up doing in the third book for the Stellar Blood trilogy, which is Sacred Souls. For the first two, I was doing the whole manuscript. So like I wasn't going back and editing but I sent the whole manuscript pretty much unedited, which is why I now call my people alpha readers instead of beta readers. I gave them the choice. I was like, this is the third book. It's, you know, do you do you want to have to wait maybe the month it takes me to write it or do you want to read it as I'm writing it? And so that's what they picked. And now that's what I do because it adds extra accountability for me to keep going. Back then it was with Google Docs and now I do it with Story Origin. I put something up, they can read it at their leisure because I trust these people. So even though my form is like, oh, can you like do it within a week of getting the chapter? If they don't, I know I'm eventually going to get it from them. So I don't worry about that. They put in their feedback and I get an email that, oh, feedback has been added, but I don't read the feedback. I just keep writing until I reach the end of the manuscript. And by the time I reach the end and I go back to the beginning, it feels like I'm reading the story anew, especially when their comments are right there. So I kind of like I truncate your timeline, Kelly, but it's it's pretty much the same now where it's like I can just keep 
I have the feedback to give me a roadmap of where to go when I dive into revision. Another thing I guess that I would like to add to this is um, I start a new document whenever I revise. So it's completely like fresh from the slate. I am writing new. I do occasionally bring in bits, but what is your your method there? Do you start from scratch? So Scrivener has this thing. Actually, they have multiple things that I use for revision. And I made a YouTube video about it. And I will link that in the show notes. But each document within the binder can have a snapshot taken, which basically saves a version of that document before you start changing. And you can roll back to it. So I always do that when I finish a version and then they have revision mode which allows you to type in whatever you want and it'll show up in a different color based on which revision round you've said it is and I like that for the visual so I can see but what's really cool is that and I highly doubt this would ever happen but like let's say I made a bunch of revisions and I hated all of them there's a setting that lets you click undo all revisions and it's like it'll get rid of the ones that were done in revision mode. I've never used it. I probably will never use it, but that's really cool. And what I do is that when I'm actually ready to revise is I take the comments from Google Docs when I was doing it through there, and I'll now take the comments from Story Origin. And because they're inline comments, I want to make that clear. So I take inline comments and apply them within my Scrivener file. And I say like who said each comment, just so I know. And then I go all the way through, I save it, and I take snapshots of every document with those comments. And then when I'm ready, I go through the manuscript chronologically. But I know some people, like Sarah Sutton, she highlights sections of her book based on the type of change that needs to happen. Do more description, or I need to delete something, or what things like that, versus other people might do it based on topic, which is, okay, I'm going to go through and revise based on plot. And then I'm going to go through and revise based on character. And I'm going to go through and revise dialogue only or something like that. However you break it down, people do it in a lot of different ways. But I think that's a really good thing to do is breaking it down. So whether you break it down like chapter like I do by the thing you have to do or the type of thing it is, it'll help feel less intimidating. Now, another question that I think gets brought up a lot whenever facing revision is when do you know you're done? And trying to get better at this, but I would like to say, listen to your gut because it's easy to fall into over revising and suddenly your book is nowhere near the original concept. I had this personally happen to me and that led also to me throwing everything out and I wish I wouldn't have, but yes, I got so far away from my original concept and idea because I was so worrying about how perfect it was going to be. And I didn't even finish the book. The book wasn't even finished. (laughs) Rest in peace, Project Scarlet Death. (laughs) So while some writers can edit as they go, I think it's important to know if you are or are not that kind of writer. If you are not that kind of writer, that's okay. It's chill. There's a whole group of us. I know I'm not that kind of writer because I was trying to edit a project called Scarlet Death 
which I have not even thought about since the fall of 2018. While there are multiple reasons as to why I haven't revisited this project, one is over-editing to the point where I sat there and did not even recognize the story. And it was very- You said the fall of 2018, and I swear my brain was like the fall of the year, as in like, you know, like the fall of the Roman Empire or something. <laughs> the fall of America, no, that's how... <laughs> but... um. Yeah, like I didn't even recognize the story and it was so disheartening and it was so sad and heartbreaking for me that that also led me to throw it out, which is something I say earlier, do not fucking do. So it is a process and a learning curve and it is such a cliche, but when you know, you know and stop. I totally agree with Kelly. Going with your gut is the best option. Granted, like a lot of things, you have to do it a few times until you can trust your gut. And when you think your story is the best it can be, it can also be other people who help you make that final decision. It can be your critique partners if you have them, alpha readers, beta readers. If you have all three of those types of readers, only one type of them, we're going to go through those different types of readers and editing and proofreading in different episodes. But recently I saw a quote on Instagram, which I just think is perfect. And the quote is, perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. And I will leave a link to that quote on Goodreads. You also have to remember that if you've ever read a book, (laughs) traditionally published or not, you might have found a mistake. And that's because we're human and we shouldn't be going for perfection in the concept that we've all been trained to think of it as. And we will be doing an episode on the war on perfectionism in the future. Yes. We should be striving to make our book as good as it can be. And like Kelly said, like there comes a point where you have to just stop yourself or you'll go crazy. You shouldn't be afraid of revision It's going to make things different. You've saved the older version. And if you haven't, we're going to repeat that again. Save your versions before you make any changes. But the thing with revision is that it always makes it better in some way. Even if you make a revision and you're like, oh, I don't like what I did. Now you know what you want to change in the next revision. Whenever I was a young child, my mom was with this man for eight years. He was a big important figure in my life. He was a father figure. And something he always told us kids was practice makes better because no one can achieve perfection. I love that. Yeah. Just think of revision as a way to level up your writing game and become a better writer. Couldn't have said it better myself. This is the Writish Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Writish Podcast and on Twitter at write underscore ish and on Kofi at writish. Bye. Bye.